0: All right, well, good morning, everyone. How you doing? Doing pretty good? It's good stuff. Good stuff. Um, That was awesome. Thank you, worship team. That was amazing. Um, Jamie, I know that it's uncomfortable, uncomfortable for you sometimes, but wow. That's just great. I love seeing people step out and do things that they would never otherwise do unless God asked them to do it, right, right, isn't that the kind of life that we live as Christians anyways, that God asks us to do something, and he doesn't force us to do anything, but he gives us a choice, right, he gives us a choice, Uh, what a great example, I mean the whole worship team, but Jamie, I've, I've been around you for a couple of years, and that was just awesome, that was awesome to see it on Sunday morning, what we see every Sunday night, so way to go, I mean that's just good stuff. Way to go. Well, I thought I was going to open my message up a certain way, but I'm not going to do that today. <laughs> I'm totally going to go against what I thought I was going to do. Um, uh, here's what I want to do this morning to open up is, is Pastor Dan has been just a tremendous influence on my life, just tremendous. Um, I could never come up here and tell you, and I'm going to cry, Okay. Um, I can never come up here and tell you the things that he's done, the things that he's challenged me in and encouraged me in, the things that we've walked through together, um, all those things. I mean, he is an amazing, amazing senior pastor. He is. And I wanted to, because this will be my last time that I preach at LifeSpring, I wanted to publicly just say, Pastor Dan, you are the man And everybody in this congregation, I know they agree. But how many of you know sometimes we sell honor a little bit short, right? We sell it a little bit short. Why? Because it's not flashy. It's not cool. It's not really the cool thing to do. But there's a blessing in honor. There's a blessing in publicly honoring people. And not just publicly honoring people, but living a life that honors the person that's leading you. And over the last two and a half years, that's exactly what this man has done. We have walked through... I have. I had stuff in my past that needed to be dealt with, come on, and Dan was not going to let me just walk through my day without dealing with it, and at times I wanted to be like, leave me alone, this is my life, leave me alone, but he did it, (laughs) and if you know him well enough, you know that he will not leave you alone, and it's a good thing, it's a good thing. Why? Because he's he's inspired by, by the word, just like he told you this morning. He jumps into his word, he gets inspired, so now he's living a day that's inspired by God. And I just want to publicly say thank you, Pastor Dan. Thank you, Dan. Thank you. And I want to honor you in front of all these people, and just that's all that's all I got this morning, is just to say thank you for the last two years and everything that you've spoken into my life and everything that you've done. Can we can we clap for our senior <laughs> pastor this morning? I want to challenge us on that, though. Never forget who's leading. Ultimately, Jesus is the head of the church. Yes, we all get that. We understand that. But he uses somebody to lead the church with. Amen. Right? And that's what's going on here, is, is Pastor Dan is our leader, and never for one second step out of honor towards him. Don't do it. Don't do it. The things he goes through, none of us do even know. I don't even know half. I'm about to try to, I'm about to, try to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> good luck <laughs> um, but yeah it's just the right thing to do I believe, I believe it's what God wants each and every one of us to do so if you get a chance throughout your day pray pray for the leaders not just Pastor Dan but, but for the leaders of the church lift them up before God lift them up they're, I mean they're on the front lines hitting stuff hitting stuff that hopefully a lot of the church doesn't have to hit and so, so remember your leaders, remember your, your pastors. Um, and I can say that because I'm leaving now, so I said that I'm not self-glorifying myself up here right now. Um, uh, so, so this morning, I got some good news for you. That was not how I was going to start the message, but I felt like that's what God wanted me to do. Um, but this morning, we do have some good news. We're launching into our, 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 our Christmas series, Fear Not, Fear Not. Fear um, Not. I love Christmas series. I, I just do. Like, there's something about them. It's the most wonderful time of the year. I love it. I love it. And so we're, we're, we're launching into a three-part series called Fear Not. And, and, and what this series is, is, is going to do, it's about three separate occasions where, where angels appeared uh, to people. They appeared to people. And, and Pastor Dan touched on it just a little bit this morning, but the first words that usually came out of their mouth were, as, Fear not. Fear not. And, and, and I, I, sometimes I think I read my Bible and, and I get this impression of, you know, a Hollywood angel. What is a Hollywood angel? they got a the nice little halo and, and they got all these things going on. And so, why is angels saying fear not? Like, come on. You look really cool. Like, I'm not scared of you. Um, but I think what we need to understand is that that's not the way angels look. Um, these, are, these are creatures of war. They really are. I mean, I mean at, at God's one word, one of his commands, they knock down nations. I mean, that's what they do. Gabriel and Michael, I mean, these guys, are, these guys are bad dudes. These guys are bad dudes. And so when they showed up to a teenage girl named Mary, he needed to tell her, hey, don't be afraid. I'm not here to cause you harm. Fear not. Fear not. And that's what I want to talk about today. Is, is I want to talk about the fear of what God has asked us to do. The fear of what God has asked us to do. I think a lot of times in our lives, um, we, 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 we kind of treat God like the annoying person. Now, I know that turns some of you off sometimes, but we, we, we kind of treat God like the annoying person, um, uh, like the person that, that, that only calls when they want something, right? We all know those people. The person that only calls when they want something, or the, or the person you see out in public and act like you didn't see, like, oh, oh, oh. Walking through the grocery store, you're like, I'm going to act like I didn't see you, and we're just going to keep going. We're gonna keep going, and I'm gonna hide right here behind this person. But that's kind of what we do: is is we we treat God almost like the annoying person sometimes, unknowingly maybe. I mean, in, in in other words, we want to be close enough to God to get the good stuff, right? We want to be close enough to God to get the good stuff. We want to we want to go to heaven. We want salvation. We want His blessings. Um, but a lot of times we don't want to give Him total access to our life. We don't want to give Him total control. Because you know what the fear is? What if he asked me to do something crazy? What if he asked me to do something crazy? And so we kind of treat him like the annoying person where we we don't give him full control. We don't give him our whole lives because what if he asked me to do something crazy? What if he asked me to give up something that I enjoy? Has anybody ever felt that way about God? What if God asked me to give up something I enjoy? I don't want him to do that to me. I don't want to, I enjoy it, for goodness sakes, right? I don't want to do that. Sometimes we live in this sense of fear that, that what if I give it to him? Now, catch this. What if I give it to him and, and life doesn't go the way I want it to go? Anybody ever felt like that? What if I give God all of me? What if I give him everything that I have and I serve him with everything that I have and life does not go the way that I want it to go? It's a fear, Fear can overwhelm and overtake us. That's what it does. For example, some some people say that that fear is the absence of faith. Some people would say fear is the absence of faith. But what I would want to challenge us on this morning is that fear is actually faith. Fear is actually faith. It's just faith in the wrong things. Fear is actually faith. It's just faith in the wrong things. Come on, we all play the what if game, right? We play the what if game. What if I lose my job? What if someone I know gets cancer? What if I never get married? What if, what if some of you parents are out there and your what if is what if my kids never leave the house? <laughs> what if they live here forever? Can they do that? It's true. It's just true. But we all play these what-if games and these fears, man, they just go on and on and they can echo and speak into every area of our life. You see, fear is placing our faith in the worst-case scenario. Fear is placing our faith in the worst-case scenario and it can overtake us, fear can. It's a very, very real thing. But I got good news for us this morning because in 2 Timothy seven, this is what the Bible says, this is what the Bible says. It says, God has not given us a spirit of what? Fear. But of power, love, and a sound mind. Let me read it to you again. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. that I Yes, fear is a very real thing, but fear is not going to rule me. Fear is not who I am. I am not a fearful person. I am not scared. I do not have my faith in the wrong things. I have my faith in the right thing, which is God and his plans and his purposes for my life. See, we all have that fear. We all have a fear of what God might be asking us to do. And that's what we're going to hit on this morning. The fear of what God might be asking us to do. And this is what he did to a little girl named Mary... Over 2,000 years ago, over 2,000 years ago, he asked Mary to totally do something for him that was going to change the course of history. Would you pray with me? God, we love you today. You are so good. And Lord, I pray that this morning, God, even as we've already experienced you, God, we would continue to experience you, that we would hear your voice and Lord, that you would speak to the, even the inner depths of who we are at our very core. Father, even places that we've hid from everybody else. And God, I pray that any fear that we might be feeling this morning, God, that your spirit would come and crush, that it would take away. And God, we could, we could put our faith back where it belongs. So we give you this time, this next 30 minutes, whatever it may be, and we say, God, have your way. Holy Spirit, come and do your work. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen? Amen? You see, why are we often afraid of God's plans? Why are we often afraid of God's plans? Because a lot of us are. If we really get honest in here this morning, we will, we will tell each other that we are afraid of God's plans for our lives sometimes. We get afraid. And if you're taking notes this morning, I have a really cool little handout for you. So please feel, feel free to... To, to, to write some notes, it's great. If you do not have one of those, Jason's in the back, he would love to pass, or Casey is, and he would love to pass one out to you.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, I got Pastor Dan to do it. That, hopefully that means I'm doing a good job. Like, okay, I'm interested. I want to know what he has to say. Give me a sheet. <laughs> is that what the hand is? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But why are we often afraid? You know, we can have many, many answers to this question. Many answers to this question. But we're just going to walk through a couple of things this morning. And the first one is this. Is God's interruptions are often inconvenient. God's interruptions are often inconvenient. You'll see this in the story in Luke 1 today. Luke 1, 26-29 says this. It says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth. Remember, this wasn't just your nice little angel. This was a creature of war that battles on behalf of God. A village in Galilee to, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a nam, man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think, what the angel could mean. So let's get a little background on this story, okay? So scholars tend to believe that Mary um, is is somewhere between like 13 and 15 years old. That's how old Mary is. When I was younger, I thought Mary was an older lady. But scholars tend to believe that she's 13 to 15 years old, and, and, and why they believe this is because because when a, when, when a girl hit puberty in that time, she was about to be married to whoever she was engaged to. And so they, they would hit puberty, and then very shortly after, the woman would become married. And so that was the age that, that, that this was happening. I mean, 13 to 14, 15-year-old year, year girl here. I mean, this is the 8th, 9th, 10th, or 11th, you know, 11th grader. This is a young girl. She's in youth group. You know, this isn't this isn't the, the the strong lady in the back, you know, at church. I mean, this is a young young girl, young girl, and so I'm sure that Mary was a she was pretty stoked and excited, right? Pretty stoked and excited about this news, and um, if if not not necessarily about this news, but 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 about what was about to happen to her life. She was engaged to Joseph, and so if 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 it's like any other girl in modern times, what is Mary doing at this point? She's probably on Pinterest, right? And she's, she's, she's coming up with the perfect wedding day. She's getting all these ideas because her big day's coming. So she's on Pinterest and, and she's getting all these ideas and she's sharing them all over Facebook and, and she's getting her engagement pictures taken. I mean, life is good. Life is really good for Mary. She's about to be married. Married, married. Um, and so what she's also doing is she's probably trying to sign her new last name, right? Ladies? Come on, come on. You know you're doing it. You're like, I wonder how this looks. Oh, and if I put a little whoop there, it looks so much better. Come on. I've got sisters. I've got a past. (laughs) And so, so, so there's, I mean, she's, she's totally into it. She is loving this thing. She's so excited. Her big day is coming up. And then all of a sudden, this angel interrupts. Every plan that she had for her life, every plan that she had for her life, this angel comes and interrupts it. It's very inconvenient to the way she had her future mapped out. Very inconvenient. You see, what can we learn from this? Here's, I want you to catch this this morning. It's a really important principle. And we call interruptions, what we call interruptions, God oftentimes sees as invitations, What we call interruptions, God often sees as invitations. When we feel like God is interrupting our lives, has anybody ever felt like God is interrupting your life? I have. God is interrupting your life. I want to challenge us this morning that he's not interrupting our life, but he's actually inviting us to something bigger and something better and something higher. That is what he is doing We oftentimes look at God and you say, God, you're interrupting my life. I had my life planned out a certain way and now you're interrupting it and you're asking me to do something crazy. You're asking me to do something I never thought in my wildest dreams. You're interrupting me and God says, no, I'm not interrupting you. I'm inviting you to something bigger and something better. I'm inviting you to something bigger and something better. I mean, think about it. This is what God does. Think about Moses. Moses is walking around in the desert and then all of a sudden he sees a burning bush and God invites Moses to be the deliverer of God's people. Moses had different plans for his life. We see it with Jonah. Everybody knows the story of Jonah. But Jonah is out taking a swim one day and a big giant fish swallows him. And God tells Jonah to go to Nineveh and preach repentance. God had a different purpose for Jonah's life. He interrupted Jonah's life. And if you take it to the New Testament with Saul, what do we have here? Saul is on his way killing Christians, putting Christians in prison. He has a whole other agenda than what God has. And what does God do? He shines a big light from the sky and he says, Saul, I've got different plans for you. I'm inviting you to be an apostle. I'm inviting you to be the majority writer of the New Testament. You see, God's plans are often different than ours. And so oftentimes we shake off God's invitations because they're interruptions. So oftentimes we shake off God's invitations, the things that He sees as invitations, calling us to something higher, calling us to something bigger, and we shake it off and we just call it an interruption. I'm guilty of this. I'm guilty of this see it could play out in many different ways a lot of us have these stories in our life we do it could be the story of how we got saved that one day we were heading towards sin and we were heading towards death and all of a sudden we felt God say come be a part of my family come be a part of what I'm doing he interrupted our life he interrupted our life that's the first interruption he always makes the interruption of salvation. And he invites us to something bigger. And it doesn't just stop there that as Christians, we should, we, our, our lives, we will live a life of interruptions if we're doing it right. God will be constantly interrupting us. I want to invite my, my, my good bud, uh, uh, Cameron Jewel, up to the stage. And, and come on up, Cameron. And I want him to share a little bit, because Cameron's actually going through quite a bit of an interruption in his life right now. That's true. <laughs> He's going through quite a bit of an interruption. And if you do not know Cameron, this is Cameron Jewell. He's the real deal. This guy's the real deal. And, and, and Cameron is actually, uh, when, when I step out and when I leave, he is going to be the interim youth director. Yeah, let's clap. That's good stuff. <laughs> That's good stuff. Sometimes you have to tell him, like, clap for me. Clap, okay? That's, that's okay. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but he's gonna, he's stepping out into something that's brand new, totally different. God totally interrupted his life and called him to something higher and called him to something bigger. So I want him just to share with you, just do what you do for a couple of minutes here this morning, okay?
1: All I'll
0: get this out your way. I'm on. You're good.
1: I think so. Yep. Okay, can you hear me? Okay. Okay, so very much like he's saying, I mean, God just interrupts. I mean, two years ago, this is the last place I thought I would be. This is the last place I pictured myself. I was thinking other things for my life. Um, About, let's see, a year ago, God challenged me to step up to step out of my comfort zone, to step out of what I wanted to do with my life. Like I wanted to go to Boeing. I wanted to be a jet engine technician for the rest of my life. I wanted to be professional business, you know, suits, ties, all that good stuff. And God called me out of my comfort zone to be a youth leader. And that didn't make sense to me. That doesn't ever make sense to someone who is not a Christian, who is not sane, who does not understand what it's like to be living a life led by Jesus. Um, Three to four months ago, God hit me like a brick. um, And Dan and Adam had prayed about things and they approached me and said, you know, this is happening and we want you to step up. And so I said, yes. Um, I'm still trying to figure out why, but I'm assuming it's because (laughs) I just have to say yes to God. Um, but my main, my main point is that God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Um, I am not qualified to stand up here. I don't have a degree that says that I know everything that I'm talking about. Um, and like I said, microphones scare me because everyone is trained to know that when someone stands up on a stage and they're holding the microphone, you're supposed to listen to them. That means you're listening to me. (laughs) What? (laughs) Um, But God has prepared me for this. I don't feel like it, and I'm I'm not always comfortable with it, but I can't pull a Jonah. I can't just turn around and run. I can't lawyer up and say, but God... I'm not qualified for this. I can't do this. Um, and that is my tendency. When God wants to call me out of my comfort zone, my tendency is to lawyer up and say, God, I, am, I can't do this right now. My job is just too demanding, and you know I'm trying to get into school, and I'm trying to do all these things, and my car just needs an oil change, but I don't have the money to do that right now, and you want me to do this? Oh, lawyering up is the first response I always have in my head. But then I have to say, okay, God, you've called me to do this. I don't feel worthy. I don't feel qualified. I don't feel prepared for this. But I know that you're going to prepare me for it. You're going to qualify me for it. You're going to make me ready to step out of my comfort zone, to step off the shore, onto the waves, to walk on water. Um, And that's just what I have to do. I just have to say yes. And I'm always going to continue to say yes because God has way better things for me than I have for myself. And it's the truth.
0: That was a great sign, by the way. I had my mic off. But, but, but encourage Cameron. Pray for Cameron. He's stepping out into something, something totally new in his life. And, I, and, and we believe he's totally capable of doing this. But, but prayer goes a long way and encouragement goes a long way as well. Cameron, I'm proud of you, man. You're going to do great things. You are. That's what God does. He does great things. He's going to do it through you. So God interrupted Cameron's life. Cameron just got up here and told you that he, was, he, was, he had plans and, and, and something else, uh, something, he was going to go do something else. And God said, mm, I don't think you are. I have other plans for you. Here's what I'm calling you to do. Will you follow me? And obviously, he said yes. A divine interruptions. If we won't shake them off as, 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 as interruptions, but, 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 but look for it as an invitation that God is inviting me to do something. He's inviting me to do something big. You see, the angel appeared to Mary and said, I've got something different for you. Luke 1.30 says, Fear not, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm all about God's favor, right? Yeah. Hey, if God's giving out some favor, I'll take some. I'll take some. I'll take some. You see, but the favor that, that, that God was giving out that day didn't look exactly like Mary thought it was going to look. God's favor looked really different from her original plans it was really really different and oftentimes as christians we can we can say well this is what god's going to do in my life and sometimes he can do that but at other times he's doing something totally opposite or something totally you never expected him to do and we got to be faithful and obedient to get on course with him faithful and obedient to get on course with him see god's favor looked very different from mary's original plans very very different why are we often afraid of God's plans? I gave you the first one. is His interruptions are often inconvenient. And then number two, God's purpose is often different than your plans. God's purpose is often different than your plans. See, Luke 1, 31 through 33, this is what it says. It says, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus, and he will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. She must have been blown away, like right? Like, OMG! OMG! Really? Me? You're going to do this through me? I'm so honored. I'm so honored. Why did you pick me? I don't know why you picked me, but thank you. Thank you. And then, boom, her emotions swing, right? <laughs> Quick, boom, her emotions swing. And she goes, uh, I could be killed for this, actually. I'm not married. And, and, and now I'm pregnant. And in the times that I live, they kill people for that. They, that's what they do. They kill people for that. And so all of a sudden, it goes from this great honor to, to this great fear, God, thank you, thank you, thank you. God, why are you doing this to me? You ever felt like that before in your life? Yes, yes I have. I have. And can you imagine the conversation that she has to have with Joseph, her, her, her fiancé? She's like, I don't really know how to tell you this. Um, first off, let me just say, I'm still a virgin, okay? The next part's going to sound really weird, though. Um, um, I'm pregnant, you know? Like, like, <laughs> like, like what?! Why are you lying to me right now? Why are you lying? And she has to have all these anxieties and emotions and fears that, is Joseph going to leave? Is he going to tell on me? What is he going to do? Scared to death, out of her mind. And it did not make sense to her. But just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are God's plans higher than mine and yours. And his purposes. Are higher than our purposes and his plans are higher than our plans and it it doesn't make sense a lot of times obviously so but he's working it out he's got a plan and sometimes we just can't figure it all out that's all right that's not that that, that's not a reason not to start that's not a reason not to start you see his purposes are different than our purposes you see his 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 interruptions are actually invitations to something bigger you see, a lot of us uh, in this room, we have life planned out the exact way we want it to go. Well, I want to have a family. I mean, who doesn't, come on, yes, I want to have a family, and I want that family to be really, really healthy, and I want good things for my family. And then, and then maybe you go to the doctor for a checkup, and, 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 and you realize that the baby's not going to be healthy, and that that's, there's, there's going to be some complications, and there's going to be some special needs. And God says, through that time, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to show you more love than you've ever felt like you could ever feel. You're going to love at a deeper level than you ever thought you could. You see, his purposes and his plans were totally, totally different. And some of you in here, you're like, well, I just lost my job, and it's the Christmas time, and I, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. And God's actually saying, you know what? Why don't you start up that business that you've always wanted to start up? Why don't you take this time to start up that business that you've always wanted to start up. And, and years down the road, you're going to look at this as, as not just that you lost your job, but God actually invited you to do something bigger and better. You see, his, his purpose and his plan, sometimes we don't understand it. And I, I don't understand it all. I don't get it. But they can be totally different than, than, than what we expect or what we even want sometimes. Totally different. And it's not nice to say and it's not easy to say, but it's true. That his purpose and his plans are often, every time, higher than ours. You see, our 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 perspective is, God, you're interrupting me. Why are you interrupting me? I have my life planned out. Mary says this, I mean, really, what what are you doing to me? I have my life planned out. God says, I'm not interrupting you, I'm inviting you. I'm inviting you. I'm inviting you to something bigger and something better. You see, in Luke 1 34, this is what it says. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. It's a good question right? I mean it's a logical question. How can this happen? I'm a virgin. It'd, it'd, it'd be like God telling me to some degree not as cool, but to some degree, hey Adam here's what I've called you to do. I've called you to start a band, alright, and I want you to be the lead singer of that band. <laughs> and not only are you going to be the lead singer of the band, and you're not just going to play in the local pubs and you know w- work off tips, like that's not what you're going to do. Like this band is going to be so good like you're going to fly to concerts and you're going to go around the world touring if you know this or not but I'm not that good at singing (laughs) not at all and so what would my response be to God uh it's impossible it's impossible there's a reason why I sit on the front row that's because so you don't have to listen to me sing (laughs) my voice goes this way not that way You see, it would be impossible. And so that's kind of what Mary's dealing with right here. She's saying, God, this is impossible. I'm a virgin. How is this going to happen? And there'll be times as Christians when we look at it, and we'll think, oh, this is an interruption. I'm not sure how this is going to happen. And here's what he's asking us to do. He's asking us to have faith and believe in him. That's what he's doing. He's asking us to have faith, even though we can't understand it and figure it all out he's asking us to have faith and believe in him it happens a lot right I mean if you boil it down to just a a personal level what we deal with every day in life like God's asking me to forgive this person I don't want to forgive that person do you know what they've done to me they've hurt me God I don't want to do that God says no you need to forgive them you need to forgive them God you're asking me to tithe don't you know my financial situation right now I don't have money to tithe. God says, I'm asking you to tithe because there's a blessing connected to it. And i got to say, God, I'm going to be faithful and believe in you that your promises are true. If you're asking me to do something, I'm going to do it, even though it doesn't seem possible or seem like a reality. Some of you with, with, who are married in here this morning, you're saying, God, how, how, how are you going to restore my marriage? It's so broken. It's so beat up. And others are parents and saying, how, how, how are you going to restore my relationship with my kid? It's jacked up. It's messed up. We're not getting along. All we do is fight. And God's asking you to do something in that situation. And we have to be faithful to respond and believe in Him. And this is what Mary says. She says, it's impossible. There's no way. And then an angel replied to her, Luke 1.35, The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So that the baby to be born will be holy and will be called the son of God. Then we're going to skip to verse 37. And it says this. For nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. And I know that there's people in here facing situations that look impossible just like Mary in this story that we're reading about today and you're full of fear and you don't know the outcome and you don't know how it's all gonna work out but but I want to say to you this morning and I know you've heard it before but hopefully you'll hear it a little bit different with some faith this morning that that nothing is impossible with God he is in the business of the impossible that is what he does there is nothing impossible for God you see we look at situations and and circumstances we say there's no way There's no way do you know what's going on. Everything says the contrary. Everything says there's no way. But then God shows up and God says that there is nothing impossible with me. And then we have to have the faith to believe it and trust in him and say, God, I'm coming into alignment with your word. And I'm going to believe just like you wrote in Luke 137 and just like you told Mary that there is nothing impossible for you. Whether it's relationships, whether it's a job, whether it's financial, whatever it may be, God, my faith is in you. And I don't understand it, and I don't know how it's going to work out, but there is nothing impossible to you. Nothing. You created the world and the universe and the galaxy with a word. Let that sink in for a second. With a word, there is nothing impossible for you. There is for me, but when I got you on my side, nothing is impossible. Nothing. So whatever situation you're facing here this morning, going into the holiday season, I want you to know, trust and believe in God, that his word is true, and it's not impossible. He's got a purpose. He's got a plan. I want to ask you a couple questions this morning. Very simple questions. Is What is God asking you to do or believe? And there's, a, there, there's blanks on your sheets of paper right there, and, and I, want, I want you to take the time to respond, because hopefully during this, during this message, God has been saying or speaking something to you, and, and, and I want you to write it down, because I want you to look at it. What is God asking you to do or believe? You see, if we're Christians, then, then, then we believe that God is always speaking to us. He's saying something. And so what, what is He saying to us right now? What is He asking us to do or believe? And some of us know exactly what that is in this moment. Uh, others of us need to, need to pray about it. Need to kind of just pray about it and, and meditate on God's word and, and figure out what is he asking us to do. As Christians, we don't live a, a life that just sits down and goes to church just to get blessed, and then we go home, and then we do nothing for the rest of the week that, that involves God. No, God is always furthering his kingdom, and he's doing it through people like you and I. That's what he's doing. So, so what is God asking you to do or believe? He's always speaking. Is it to forgive someone? Is it to start serving here at the church? Is it to serve in the kids' ministry or become an usher and a greeter or become a youth leader or become a converged leader or be, join the worship team? Or what, what is God asking you to do? Is he asking you to take that next step as a Christian? Okay, you've been sitting in, this, in, in the chairs long enough. Now, now, now get involved. Get in the game. Is that that what he might be asking you? I don't know. Or is he asking you maybe just to be stop being so judgmental? Relax. Stop judging everything. Stop stop pointing out exactly what's wrong with everything and look what's right with stuff. Relax. Encourage. Encourage. What is he asking you to do? Number two is this, is, is what is our response? What is our response? And The next thing I want to say is, is, is this, and always remember this, is that outcome is God's responsibility. Obedience is yours. Outcome is God's responsibility. Obedience is yours. You are called to take the step. You are called to take the next step in areas in your life right now. And it's scary, and you don't know what might happen. Just like Mary, you're freaking out. You don't know, right? Like, I don't know what it's going to look like when I take this step. I don't know what it's going to look like when I do what you're asking me to do. And I don't know how this thing's all going to end up. Does it end with smiles and cheers or does it end with tears and booze? Like, what, what is it? I don't know how this is going to end up, but, but I, I want us to remember this morning is that, is that <laughs> outcome is God's responsibility and obedience is ours. So I don't have to worry about the outcome of this whole thing. All I have to worry about is being obedient to what he's asking me to do. All you have to do is worry about being obedient to what he's asking you to do. He did it with Mary 2,000 years ago. That's what he did. He's doing it with me currently in my life right now. He he has asked me to be a senior pastor in Canton, Texas. Hello, I'm scared. (laughs) Let's just get real. Have you seen my administration skills? I haven't. I don't know where they are. <laughs> it's so true. Like I'm scared. I'm scared. God began to deal in my heart and he said, "Adam, I want you closer to Kennedy." And I thought, "Okay. I'm going to take a step because I know that's what you've asked me to do." I met with Dan. It was we were going through a review. And the whole time during the review, I'm scared out of my mind. I don't want to tell my best friend that that God's asking me to leave. I don't want to do that. Who wants to do that? I love this place. I love Dan. I love his family. Who wants to do that? But I really felt like this is what God was asking me to do. So I said, Dan, we're drinking coffee. And I said, Dan, I I just got to be honest with you right now. We were about a fourth of the way through the the review. That's how long it took me. Actually, he went to the bathroom, and I was like, okay, you've got to tell him. You've got to tell him. You've got to tell him. Because if you know, Dan knows my personality. It would be very easy for me to walk out of that meeting and call him on the phone right after it and say, Dan, I know we just wasted like two hours, but I need to tell you something. Like, it was, it was hard for me. It was hard for me. And so I said, this is what I feel like God's asking me to do. I feel like he's asking me to go to Texas and, 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 and to be closer to Kennedy. And, and I feel like I have to be obedient to what he's telling me to do. Dan promptly shuts his computer, <laughs> puts it to the side and says, well, I guess we're done with the review. <laughs> um, and so, so that was hard. That was hard to say. I didn't have anywhere to go. It's not like I was at that point and, 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 and at that moment. It wasn't like, hey, Dan, I'm leaving this job because I'm going to take a senior pastor job somewhere else. That was not the conversation. That wasn't even around at the time. It wasn't. And so I said, God, I don't know. This step looks really scary. How am I supposed to move to Texas and provide for Kennedy and also be closer to Kennedy? That doesn't make sense. Shouldn't you line something up first? Right? Shouldn't you line it up? Shouldn't I be going to something instead of walking away from my livelihood? I mean, that makes sense, right? But that's not the way it does. And so we leave that meeting and, and ten minutes after the meeting, I I get a I get a phone call and and and, and it's from the, the the district supervisor uh, down, down in Texas. His name's Dave Coffey, one of the nicest men I've ever met in my whole life. And he says, hey, heard you're moving back to Texas. I was like, what? <laughs> First off, who are you and how do you know my business? <laughs> Dan got on the phone. Um, and he said, Here, here's what I got. I got. I got two churches for you. One's in Oklahoma City um, and, and one's in Canton, Texas. Funny part of the story is, I would never go to Oklahoma City, obviously, but no, that's good. Uh, <laughs> But Canton, Texas, (laughs) Canton, Texas, uh, I lived there when I was in kindergarten in the first grade. My dad was a senior pastor at another church in town. You see what God's doing here? Like just crazy stuff, really. You see, what did I have to do in the situation? I had to be obedient to what I felt like God was asking me to do. I had to be obedient. And that's what he does for each one of us in our lives. And no matter how crazy it may sound, obviously pray and meditate. I prayed about it for months. You have to do those things, obviously, but then you have to be obedient when you know. You have to. As hard as it is and as much as it sounds like I don't even understand it, you have to be obedient. That's what he calls us to do. Why? Because outcome is God's responsibility, obedience is ours. Outcome is God's responsibility and obedience is ours. You see, that's exa- exactly what God did to Mary 2,000 years ago. He interrupted her life with a higher calling. He interrupted her life with something that she could have never imagined and never dreamed. And she couldn't figure it out. She didn't know how it was going to figure out, just like many of us here today. But I want you to, I want you to watch as we close today. How did she respond? Luke 1, says this. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything that you said, ab- that you said about me come true and it says then the angel left her see what did mary do she reminded herself who she is and who she is that's what she did there she reminded herself i am the lord's servant i belong to the king of kings and the lord of lords and even if i can't figure this thing out even if this thing is really 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 hard i know who i belong to I know who I belong to, and because I belong to Him, I can trust Him with the outcome, and I'll be obedient to what He's calling me to do. He, this is what Mary did. She then says one of the biggest faith-filled statements in all of the Bible, I think, may everything that you've said about me come true. Everything that you've said about me, may it come true. See, in other words, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of scared, I'm kind of scared, but I know I belong to the Lord, and I know who He is in my life, and I'm, I know my God has good plans for me. He has plans to prosper me and to bless me and to, and to give me a hope and a future, and no matter what the situations are saying right now, I know His plans for me, and so I can be obedient to what He's calling me to do. Even though his plans and his purposes may look different than we have made it out in our head. His plans and his purposes are bigger and better than anything we could dream. They're more than we can imagine. I didn't have this desire to become a senior pastor. I actually love my job. I love working with Dan. I love all of you, obviously. And I, I got a pretty good gig here. It's pretty good, it's pretty nice, pretty sweet. See, but I had to be obedient to what I felt like God was telling me to do. Number one, go be around your daughter. But number two, I'm going to open some doors that I want you to say yes to. And so that, that's what I had to do, just like Mary. Mary's freaked out, this little teenage girl, and she doesn't know how it's going to end or what, what, what's going to happen, but she says, May everything you said of me, may it be true. The crazy stuff that I just heard from that angel dude, that makes no sense. I know I belong to you. And so may it be true in my life. May it come true in our life. Why? Because outcome isn't ours. Obedience is ours. Outcome is his. Will you pray with me? Jesus, we thank you for today. You are so, so good to us. And Father, this morning... I ask that you would just seal in the hearts of your people what it, the, the plans and the purposes that you have for their lives. God, even though they may not make sense and, and it's hard, God, and some traumatizing stuff has happened, God, you have a plan and you have a purpose for it all. And your outcome is going to be bigger and better than anything we could ever ask for or ever, anything we could ever dream And so just like Mary did over 2,000 years ago, God, may our prayer be, may our faith statement be that the things that you have said about me, the things that I have heard you say, may they come true, may they be true. So Father, I pray against any spirit of fear or doubt in this room right now, and Father, I pray that the faith and the boldness of the Lord Jesus Christ would flood into the people's spirit right now in the mighty name of Jesus. That where there was fear, and where there was bondage, and where there was doubt, that now faith arises. A belief arises that says, my God has good things for me, and I'm going to choose to trust in his plan for my life. That even though it doesn't make sense, even maybe in this moment right now, I am going to choose to believe that God, you are good, and I belong to you, and you have good things for me so father right now seal it in the mighty name of Jesus I thank you for your word that father your words are true you never lie how could you lie but God your words are true and so we believe in faith this morning just like Mary did that the plans and the purposes that you have come true in our lives we love you Lord we couldn't dream this thing up if we wanted to what you could so father let faith arise in this place today outcome is your responsibility obedience is ours we love you and we thank you in Jesus mighty name I pray amen